0: and then we'll get right into it. Father, thank you so much for bringing us together. Thank you for this opportunity that we might be able to discuss this with each other. And Lord, I pray that you would speak deeply and move deeply in each and every one of our hearts. We ask, Lord, for your grace and your mercy to be able to understand uh, not only your word, Lord, but to draw draw closer to you. Um, We thank you for all uh, that you've given us in yourself and in each other. For we do pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right, beauties. So I was going to one of the most beautiful, big, like Grammy Awards kind of church. You know what I mean? When I say Grammy Awards, Like it's like everybody looks beautiful and the music is amazing and there's like thousands of people around you. Like It was like the Grammy Awards of churches. And I remember, I remember I would get there And I would sit down. I would sit down, and I and I would listen to a sermon. And as I would uh, listen to the sermon, I would be um, deeply convicted and deeply moved, right? And I would and I remember sitting there and going, and this was after a while. After a while, I had been doing this for a while. I was like deeply moved. This is wonderful. And I remember I was struggling with a sin that I kept on diving back into. Have you ever had a a sin? I'm not not saying a sin that you kept on falling back to. I'm talking about a sin that you keep on diving back into. I have one of those. Let me see if I'm alone. Am I the only one with a sin that they dive back into? Okay, like a few of you. Okay, right, all right. So let me speak to the few of you. Um, There was a... There's this, So I kept on diving back into the sin. And here's how it would work. This is how it would work. On Sunday I would go, I would be deeply and authentically and really moved by what the pastor was saying, by the music that was playing, by the scriptures that was being read, by the entire experience, by the hugging and praying for each other. Um, This is, you know, back in the good old days, you know, like February, where you could actually hug each other. And, and do all that stuff. And so it was just, it was like a deeply moving experience. It was wonderful. Then on Tuesday, I would say something like, I would say something like, um, I will probably never do it again. Right? And by Wednesday, I was like, I think I might not do it again. Thursday, I was like, this might happen. By Friday, I was like, how can I do this? By Saturday, I was off to a run. Have you ever experienced that? You know what would happen, right? I would wake up and feel that terrible guilt and shame that comes over you when you've blown it and you've hurt yourself and those around you and all that stuff. I would wake up. And I remember, I remember that Satan would tempt me. He goes, what's the point? What's the point of even connecting with believers if you're going to be such a hypocrite? And I just, I just determined in my heart that if I was going to go, um, that if I was going to go the way of, like, if I was going to go down a terrible path, it wouldn't be my fault. Like, I'm going to pursue God as much as I can. And if God don't want to have nothing to do with me, this was bad theology, but I'm just saying uh, I, I just said to myself, I'm, I'm going to continue going. I'm going to continue doing it. I don't care if I fall a thousand times. I'm going to keep going. But here's what I know. Here's what I know. I'm not the only one who struggles with besetting sin. I'm not the only one who says, who has said in the past, I will never do it again. And maybe yours doesn't take a week. Maybe you say, I'll never do it again. And then three months go by and then you do it again, Right? But but, but what I just described, I'm not talking about a literal seven-day period of time. What I'm describing is a real struggle, a thing we're going to call besetting sin. Now, that's that's not a word that we use a lot, right, besetting. Besetting is something that comes over and over again. So I'm defining besetting sin. If you look up on the screen, besetting sin, this is my definition. This is not like a Webster's definition. But uh, besetting sin is going back... Going back to and finding delight in that which God forbids. The going back to and finding delight in that which God forbids. And so you know exactly what that's like in your life, right? Okay, so you go, oh, in God's word, it says, in God's word, it says, be generous. Be generous. Like, use your resources to help others. And it's like, no, 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 no. This has got to be for me. It's it's a besetting sin. You don't trust God. You trust how many zeros are in the back of your bank, uh, in the back of the one in your bank account. Maybe, maybe it's things that we click on or things that we make ourselves available to. Maybe it's in our heads and our minds go back to the thing. For some of us, for some of us, it's, it's a diet or a way that we eat. It's, in other words, there are things that we know are no good for us. Those of us right now, we are presently living in an unwed uh, situation, right? We're living with someone who's not our spouse, and we're playing house, and it's, oh wait, this is a besetting sin. I'm going back to something. For others of us, we, we simply cannot, will not, not cannot, will not forgive those who have harmed us. Go on a shopping spree. And so this is because we don't want Jesus. We just want what can alleviate our stress and pain. So besetting sins are the things that we run back to that are not Jesus in order to get comfort, in order to find delight, in order to get rest and joy. That's what besetting sin is. Okay, so if that's besetting sin, then, and all of us struggle with it. I'm assuming that all of us struggle with it, right? Like, do you have stuff... Raise your hand if you have stuff that you're going back to that you don't want to go back to anymore. Mm -hmm. Me too, me too. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. So if that's true, I want you to know this, that God knows that that's true about us and that he's put in his word a way for us to be free even from our besetting sin. So for the next seven weeks or so, about seven weeks, What we're going to do is we're going to look at a strategy. Somebody say strategy. Strategy. A strategy is a plan of action that is implemented for the purpose of success, right? A strategy is a plan of action implemented for the purpose of success. For seven weeks, we are going to go through a strategy by which you and I can find victory over our besetting sins. Every week, I'm going to give you one piece of the puzzle for the strategy to overcome our besetting sin. That means you, I. please don't miss one week. Don't miss one week. Because I'm telling you, I'm telling you, This is, it all builds on each other, and we need to practice it. So next week, we'll start with the first step in the strategy, but this week, we just need to have the right mindset in order to go into the strategy. So I want you to be dialed in. We're only going to be here for a little while, very little while, maybe 15 minutes, but we're going to look at one of the most, we're going to look at the most, one of the most Christ-centered books in all of the Scripture. Um, I mean, they're all, that's, that's an unfair thing to say because all this Bible is about Jesus, but this is like explicitly, um, Christ centered in a beautiful way. Um, we're going to look at, uh, Colossians chapter three. Now here's the thing about Colossians. When Paul writes, often this happens. He does this in Romans. He does this in Galatians, but, uh, he writes and he gives you what to think before he gives you what to do, what to think before he gives you what to do. And this, this book is no different. The first two chapters are like what to think, and then the last two chapters are like what to do. Okay, so uh, in Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 11, um, I want you to see the scriptures and how the scriptures are going to be speaking to us for the purpose of finding our delight and our joy in Jesus rather than in the besetting sins. We got it? So, here's where we're at so far. There's stuff that me and you struggle with. We go back to it rather than Jesus. We want to go to Jesus rather than it, and so we need a strategy. This is what this entire series is going to be about. Fair? Let's Okay. So, if you can, if you're physically able, would you please stand to your feet as we read God's word. The reason we stand to our feet is because we want to reverence. We want to remind our bodies that God's word is authoritative in our lives. And so, this is this is how this is sort of like the overview, and this is how you generally have to think this through or or think um, theologically about. It. If we are going to get victory. Over our besetting sin, we're going to have to, and here's three things. I'm going to give you right up front. Here's three things. You need to think out, dig down, and look up. You need to think out, dig down, and look up. What do I mean? Well, let's, let's talk about that. All right, we need to think out. I want you to notice here in verses one and two what he says. He says, since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above. Now, you and I think that our hearts are like this, the, the, the seat of our, you know, like, how do you, what does your heart say? Follow your heart. Really, it's what you feel. When we say hearts, that's not the way Paul, the heart is the seat of a reign and rule in your life. You, you generally do what you long for, what you desire, what you Uh, What you believe is true. It's the true you. That's what the heart is. And he says, set your hearts on things above. Then he goes beyond that in verse 2. And he says, oh, he goes, uh, let me finish. um, Set your hearts on things above. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Now, this is super important because if you grew up like as a Jehovah Witness or something like that, you were taught that uh, Christ is somehow just slightly inferior. He's like an archangel just below God, and God the Father is the uh, one reigning. But if you're a Christian, what you know is that um, God is is triune. He's three in one. He's the Father, he's the Son, he's the Holy Spirit. That's God, right? Now, this is super-duper-duper important uh, to understand. Because that means, if that's true, that means that God came himself to address your condition and mine. That God was so desperate to bring you to himself that God came himself. He didn't didn't delegate this to anybody else. He did it himself. And he paid the penalty for our sins. Now, this is super important. Why? Because now, when we look to Christ, who's seated at the... So when it says who's seated at the right hand of God, the idea, we know that this text means that Christ is, all, uh, is God, is because you cannot say anybody is at the right hand of God. In fact, in the Old Testament, uh, I believe in Isaiah, God says, there is no one beside me. I know of no other. Why, what is, it, why is God saying that? Because he's saying that other than the true triune God, there is no other God. Because if they were beside him, then they would be equal to him. To be beside God is to have equal authority with God. You see, this is super important because Christ has all the authority. And our, our, uh, the, the admonition from the scriptures is to fix your heart on things above. Let me ask you something. Have you ever fixed your heart on something that you knew was going to kill you? It could have been the boy. It could have been the girl. Like, you know that this is not going to end well. This is not going to end well. You are going 100 miles an hour in the rain on a slippery surface. This is, you know where this is going to end. I've done that. I've done that in my own life. Watch this. You know why? Because my heart was set, fixed, focused, meditated on the thing that I wanted. You see, the scriptures say, think this out. Think this out. Fix your heart on Christ. It goes on to say, fix your mind. Look at verse two. Uh, Verse two, yes. Set your mind on things above. And what's the next three words? Or next four words? Not on earthly things. Okay, stop right here. Stop right here. Have you ever been in a situation where you just said, I couldn't help myself? I couldn't help myself. I don't care if it was seconds, you know, like you ask, you know, you you know you shouldn't do that dessert, you know what I mean, right? You know you shouldn't get the second helping of ice cream, you know it, but you just go, I can't help myself. So right, Gus, is very much like Jesus, Pastor Gus. Is very much like Jesus in many ways, but this morning he was very much like Satan in this. Let me explain. Let me explain. He came into my office with a dozen Krispy Kreme donuts. Oh, for what is that? And I'm still working on the Corona 19. You know, the 19 pounds that you gained during Corona, right? COVID 19. Right? And so I'm still working off this, right? And he comes in the the thing, and um, he brings the donuts. And I'm thinking to myself, you devil. (laughs) Not true. Not true. I was like, you're my best friend. (laughs) That's that's really what happened. I was like, I love you. (laughs) Uh, But so far, I haven't had any. But here's my point. Here's my point. Here's my point. When our minds are focused on that which Satan brings... Our bodies can only do that which Satan wants. I'm going to say that. That's a good encouragement. I'm going to do that again. I'm going to say that again. When our minds are focused on that which Satan brings, our bodies go to that which Satan wants. Does that make sense? Oh, what's up? Buddy? Thank you so much, Poppy. I can't use it now. That's great, though. Thank you. I love you. I love you. Okay, I can't use it now, but thank you so much. Yeah, all right. Don't encourage him, please. Okay, well, it, it's cute the first time. If he does it 16 more times, you'll be like, dang, somebody, some, who, who's that kid's parents? <laughs> we need to tell him something. All right, for those of you who are watching or listening on audio, my son just came up and it's the whole thing, okay. So um, so, 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 the first thing, beloved, remember, if we're going to start this series, the first thing we have to know, have got to think this out. Where's your mind? Where's your heart set on? Not what occasionally comes in a temptation that easily. Like, right, like if you try to tempt me with, like I'm not super tempted with like uh, yesterday, uh, another pair of devils came with like ice cream or something like that. So ice cream, I say devils, I'm, I'm being very, very silly because they were my family. So, um, so I'm being very, very silly. Um, but, but my point is, is that ice cream doesn't call to me. You know Why? Because I'm not down with ice cream. It's not like, it's not a big deal to me. So like, you know, ice cream comes, I'll have it. I won't have it. Yesterday, I didn't have it. It's fine. But I'm talking about, see, that happens. Temptations like that happen. It's setting your minds on it. And when I say setting your minds, I mean, this is what you feel. How will it feel? What's it going to look like? How long will it last? When are you going to do it? Some of us are so consumed with our besetting sin that we could literally be at work and only waiting. Like, that's the only thing we're waiting for. is for the, the, you know, the, the bell to ring, right? You know, to slide down the dinosaur like Fred Flintstone and to get to our besetting sin. That's what we want. And you go, why, why, why? And even in tears, you go, God, why? It's set your mind, set your mind. Your mind is set. Your your mind is set on what Satan brings, and your body can't help to go where Satan desires. So he says, I got an idea. Since setting your mind on the alcohol, on the girl, on the boy, on the you know, illegal way of making money on, on the bitterness, on the controlling your, you know, girlfriend, boyfriend, um, you know, uh, 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 negotiating with God so that he could give you your sin. Like, if your mind is set on that, it's a rough road. It's a rough road. It ends badly. For me, or you. There's, and believe me, you don't even have to be a Christian to believe this. I'm telling you, your feet will go where your mind is focused. Your feet will go where your mind is focused. So the first thing we have to do, we have to think out. Think, set your mind, set your hearts on things above. Now again, the entire series is meant to help you do just that. If you leave today and you go, oh, 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 think out, dig in, and look up. all right, I got it. No, the, you, you, all you have is a framework by which we're going to start applying the next seven weeks. So you got to, you got to understand you need to come back because or else you'll, you'll not have the full picture. Satan will have deceived you. You'll leave here and you go, "Ooh, that was good. Oh, man, I'm not going to think about anything but Jesus now. And then and, and you're going to disappoint yourself and others. And I don't want that for you. Okay, so the first step, what's the first one, right? The first one is what? Think out. All right, let's say that. Okay, okay. Let's act like we were actually paying attention, okay? So, okay, what's the, the the first, the first, if we are going to um, get victory over our besetting sin, the first thing we're going to have to do is what? Think Think out. out. All right, let's, let's make hand gestures, all right? So, think Think out. out. Okay. Think Think out. All right, so if we're going to get victory over sin, the first thing we're going to have to do is? Think out. Fantastic. Let's do that again. And we're going to get victory over our besetting sin, the sin that's been killing us, that we don't want anything, and that God brought you here so that you could be free from your sin. We're going to have to think out. Nice. Now, we not only have to think out, we have to dig 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 down. down. Dig Dig down. down. Okay. All right. So look at verses 5 and eight, um, five, all right, so put to death, there's so much to say here, if you want to find out what I meant by put to death, do me a favor, I spent all of yes last night on verse five, I spent all of it, I just, I just, the one verse I, I spoke on, so I can't do it now, but I, you can go on, uh, I don't know, what do you go on, right, Facebook live, and, and go to my thing, and then just look at the thing, I hope that's helpful, all right, yeah, Okay, so, or just follow Ron and he'll help you. Um, um, he'll help you do it. Okay, so put to death. I, here's what I need you to know. It's, you're, what, what Paul is asking you to do is to kill and keep killing. Kill and keep killing. It's not enough to say no to the the thing that's hurting you. It's not enough to just do that today. You have to kill and keep killing it. Especially, right, it's not enough. Let's say, for instance, I'm, str- I'm really struggling with the... Um, With the donut thing, and I'm not right. That's that's this beautiful gift. He loves me. He's bringing this beautiful gift to me. It's not a struggle for me. Um, But let's say it was. Like let's say you know I had like uh, what what is it when you have like a high sugar, um, diabetes, right? Like let's say I had diabetes and it was an issue, and I'm really struggling with it, and all that stuff, right? I got to find out what it is in me that desires that. What, we gotta, we got to dig deep. And as we dig deep, we got to kill this thing. Guys, we can't, we can't just let it linger there. It's one thing to say, I'm not going to think about it, but if you set up, okay. if you struggle with, I don't know, if you struggle with uh, internet stuff, let's just call it internet stuff. If you struggle with internet stuff, then having... Um, what is that, a data plan that has unlimited 5G um, stuff that you you see how you're not not setting yourself up for a victory? You see how you're setting yourself up? Because you haven't dug deep. You stayed surface. You haven't addressed all the things in your life that are setting you up to fail. Does this make sense? Okay, so we gotta dig deep. Look at verse 5. He says this put to death murder kill and keep killing put to death therefore since and the therefore is therefore because of what he just said fix your eyes on things above since that's true therefore kill this thing don't be merciful don't be a boxer and and like boom you knock sin down and it's like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna stand over here and let's see if sin gets back up no be an mma fighter Like, knock it down and beat it to submission. Like, beat it into a pulp. Kill and keep killing. Whatever, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. And then he goes on, and he does two lists. And I like two lists because there are churches who struggle with one list. Like, this church might be this church that struggles with uh, verse 5 list. But there might be other churches, or uh, no, I shouldn't say churches. There might be people within our community who struggle with verse 5 and go, Psh, I really struggle with that. And other people who go, Psh, that's not my issue. I, I, I feel good about myself. But then there are people who struggle with verse 8. Let me read to you what the things that he lays out. He says, um, whatever belongs to your, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed which is idolatry. Again, there's so much here uh, I just can't get to. And then verse eight, he says, but now you must be rid of yourselves of all such things as this, anger. So you go, oh, I don't have lust. I don't have sexual immorality. Oh, well, what about this? What about anger or rage? What about malice? I mean, literally, wanting people's harm, that's what malice means. What about slander? Do you talk about people behind their back?" you ruin people's uh, reputation, you, and, and you defend your own heart by saying, oh, but it's true. <laughs> that's not for you to say. And that's not for you to, to do. Slander, filthy language. You might not struggle with one list, but you struggle with others. And God is going, no, no, no. Listen, we got to dig deep. we got to dig deep. Now, okay, so listen. This is really important because we're going to be going back to these. There are four idols that will ruin your life. All of your sin boils down to these four idols. They're um, significance or power. Significance or power. you could. Uh, so I'm using those as synonyms. Significance, which means I want my name in lights. I want to have uh, uh, influence and status. That's what significance is. And some people would, would literally walk over their dead mother's body in order to get that. Might be you, by the way. And if you don't think you, you struggle with significance, just ask yourself the last time you did something nice for somebody and they didn't acknowledge it. You're looking for significance. Okay. That's that's significance. You want somebody to acknowledge. You want you want to be okay. Significance, um, approval. Approval is desiring the uh, is um, wanting others to desire you more than you want to be desired by Christ. Being that's approval. I'll do anything to get your yes, to get your smile, and oh, how many women have gotten pregnant because of that. Unwantedly. And oh, how many men have put themselves in the poorhouse to try to get a girl to like them. Oh, my goodness. It, it happens to all of us. Approval. I'm telling you, but it goes back to significance, approval. The third one is control. Oh, I'm going to make him do what I want him to do. Oh, she, they're going to, you know, this is going to work out exactly the way I want it to work out. Control. Control is putting all your trust on your ability to handle a situation and not trusting Christ for outcomes. And then, right, control? Comfort. Comfort is the desire for pleasure. The desire for pleasure outside of Jesus. Do you struggle with the desire for pleasure outside of Jesus? Of course you do. So do I. But those are our four idols. Now listen to me. That's why Paul says, after he says this list in verse 5, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, he goes, oh, by the way, this list, it's idolatry. You are finding another savior other than Jesus to satisfy the cravings of your soul. But that's because we dig deep. Does that make sense? In other words, it's no longer, bad Edwin, you broke the dirty picture rule. Or, bad Edwin, you broke the dirty word rule. Or, bad Edwin, you broke the unforgiveness rule. No, 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 no. You're staying surface. What we need is to dig deep. And what we're going to be doing for the rest of the series is trying to dig deep. Is that fair? We're going to be doing So the first thing we have to do is we have to think out. Let's say that together. We have to think, think out. out. Then we have to dig, dig deep. deep. Let's do it again. Dig deep. Dig deep. D- uh, no, dig down. Oh, I'm messing this up. I'm messing it up. Think out. Dig down. Okay, dig down. Dig down. Um, so think out. Dig down. And then the last one is look up. Look up. Let's do that together. Look up. Look up. Look up. Look up. Now watch this. This is huge. Look at verse 4 and 11. And and we're just going to do this really fast, okay? Watch. Verse 4. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Let's just stay right there, because it's just so good, I can't get away from it. When Christ, when Christ, when, uh, uh, when Christ, who is your life, you go, oh, no, no, that's my heart. Oh, that's my, that's my world. When, when you start saying that about Jesus, he's my heart. He's my world. That's my boo. That's the one that I give all of my affections to. See, when Christ, he is your life. He really is your boo. He really is your heart. And you go, listen, I literally tell, confess to Jesus. I confess this regularly. I go, Jesus... There's something broken in me because you're so beautiful, but I don't see the beauty. It's like not seeing the beauty in a sunset or like the Grand Canyon. If you can't see the beauty, it's not, there's nothing wrong with the canyon. You see what I'm saying? And so I literally confess to Jesus, in this moment, I don't see your beauty. Help me to look up. Help me to look up. Help me to find delight and satisfaction. Help me to taste and see that you're good, that you're even better than a Krispy Kreme donut that you're better than any temptation that would come my way. You understand, I'm not talking about donuts here. That we are to not only think out, we're to dig down, but then we're also to look up. Knowing, listen to me, you cannot turn over a new leaf. You cannot quit. You cannot stop. You cannot You cannot change your life. This is not, this is not what you can do. Only Christ can do this in you. And it starts with our hearts growing in affection with him, looking to him and just going, you are glorious. There's no one like you when Christ, who is your life. So what do I do? That means I start thinking about how Jesus is going to satisfy me. Here's, so what happens? You have a bad marriage. Let's imagine. Let's imagine I'm struggling with a tough marriage, right? And my, I feel like my wife's in the back Goes, I don't have to imagine that. There's <laughs> a thought that it came into it. She's not even here. Uh, but yeah, um, so uh, imagine you struggle with a bad marriage. You go, that's it? Uh, I'm gonna, you know, it, you know, some people, their God is their marriage. If the relationship doesn't work out, they, they, they wanna die. And so what do you do? You go, Jesus, I have this beautiful longing it's a beautiful longing for a good marriage. Nothing. There's nothing sinister about that, right? It's when you overwant it. It's when you want it more than you want Jesus. It's when you can't be happy unless you have a good marriage. What if what if we just said, "Oh God, Jesus, what, help me to think up, help me to look up." And he's, "Oh, wait. You know that one day, one day the bridegroom is going to come and we, his bride, the church, we are going to have the perfect marriage, the perfect union with him. Isn't that? You see? So the things that I long for in my spouse, I'll never get them from my spouse because they're a broken, frail, uh, sinful person like me. But I, I go, oh, one day, one day I'm going to have it. Because you know why? Because I'm not looking around. I'm looking up. What about, what about, um, you're sick. I mean, the doctor says like you're sick. Not, not like, Little sick. You're like on death's door, sick. What happens? What happens? You go, God, would you, this is terrible news. What do I do? Help me to look up. And then you look up, and he goes, Oh, wait. One day you're going to, in the new heavens and the new earth, you're going to get a new body. You're going to, like one day, you're going to, I love this old hymn. It says this line. It says, One day we'll pirouette on our graves. You know what a pirouette is? It's like a ballerina thing that goes like that. That's a pirouette. Like, one day, one day, one day on our graves, listen to me, this is, listen to me. This is beautiful. One day we'll dance on our graves. That this body is not the last word. And it's good, because this body is breaking down. What about, how, what, what, how else can we look up? What if, what if, what if, my children are not living the way I want them to live. See, I'm struggling with control. And I realize that now. Because right, I, I've dug deep, right? I've, I've, what have I done? I've sought out, I've dug deep, and now I'm looking up. What, what would happen? I can go, oh, wait. My, my, my thing is that, oh, I can't be happy unless my kids are all right, doing all right. I can't be happy unless my kids are doing all right. No, we can go, oh, Jesus. Can you remind me how them not obeying me is an illustration of what I look like when I don't obey you? And then that leads me to repentance because now they're not little devils that need to just follow my direction. Now they're illustrations of how I've rebelled against my beautiful Savior. And now I don't hate them. I repent over my own sin. And then how does Jesus respond? He responds with love. And if I've gotten that much love from Jesus, then that love can overflow into my children and I can better direct and lead them. Okay, you get what I'm saying here, right? Guys, this is just the beginning of the series. There's so much more. You don't want to miss one week. Just make a commitment to yourself. Just say, you know what? I'm coming. I'm bringing a friend. That's it. We're going to do this. We're going to to find out how to kill and keep on killing uh, sin. So if we're going to get victory over our sin, we're going to have to. Let's say this together, okay? We're going to have to think out. We're going to have to dig down. And we're going to have to look up. With Jesus at the center of our lives as he deals with our hearts and issues. Even this week, listen to me. He's going to be pointing stuff out. You're going to be falling to things that you thought you had victory over because he wants you to address these real, he wants to help.